Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Acts, chapter 25, and starting chapter 26. Here's Pastor Ryan. But when I found that he had committed nothing deserving of death, and that he himself had appealed to Augustus, I decided to send him. I have nothing certain to write to my Lord concerning him, therefore I have brought him out before you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the examination has taken place, I may have something to write. For it seems to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not to specify the charges against him. So there he lays out his problem. He needs something to write to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. And so Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. He said, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews. What's interesting is that Jesus, when Paul was converted to Christianity, and we get blessed to get his testimony here again, but when when Jesus converted him, he told Ananias concerning Paul that he's going to speak to me before the Gentiles, the Jews, and kings. So to see Jesus' fulfillment of Paul's life coming true before our, our study this morning is amazing. And we should remember that all of us who have given our hearts to Jesus Christ, he has a calling on your life. And whatever he has called you to do, he who is faithful and who has called you, he will also do it. So seek the Lord with all your heart today. In your heart, Lord, why have you saved me? For what purpose, for what use do you have for me within the body of Christ? Because you have a calling, and it will come true. But we have to seek him on those things. Amen? Amen. Especially, verse 3, because you are expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. And so Paul acknowledges here that Agrippa uh, uh, is an expert in all things uh, uh, Jewish. So my manner of life from my youth. Here's his testimony. He begins with his youth. My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know, they knew me from the first, if they were willing to testify, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And so Paul lets them know, he's letting the king know, I was like my accusers. I was brought up in Jerusalem. He was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel. His, his rabbi was the most renowned rabbi of that time. Paul grew up in the strictest religious way there in Jerusalem. He was part of them. He was a, a Pharisee and, and some believe a Sanhedrin, part of the ruling leadership class of Jerusalem. His testimony is amazing because God took one of the heatest enemies and changed his life completely. One of the heated 
enemies of the cross and changed his life completely. What were you? What, were I, what was I? Before we came to know Christ, we were at enmity. We were his enemies. But yet Christ, even when we were yet sinners, died for us. Guys, if you're here today, if you're here and you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, know that he died for you, even in your darkest, worst sins. Give him your heart. He loves you. Paul was, 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 a, was completely opposite. And then he continues to say in verse 6, And now I stand and I am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise are twelve tribes earnestly serving God night and day, hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? And so the issue is the resurrection again. He's saying, look at our fathers, the 12 tribes of Israel. Oh, they desire to see and to know the things of God, the way of salvation miraculously through the one who would come, the Messiah. Not understanding it completely. Jesus said, Abraham longed to see my day. The fathers longed to, to understand what, what is the end of this. And we here today understand the end of it and the beginning of it because it happened 2,000 years ago that the Son of God died on that tree, nailed there for your sins and mine, that he was the Lamb of God without blemish or sin so that his righteousness would be poured upon us sinners and our sins would be placed upon him. And the wrath of God for the judgment of our sins was satisfied because the blood of his Son was shed. But it didn't end there. Three days later, according to his word and according to the scriptures, Jesus rose from the dead three days later. Thus, you and I can have new life in Christ. But the resurrection was uh, controversial uh, to the Sadducees, half of the Sanhedrin. It was, they did not believe in the resurrection. And the resurrection was controversial then. And it's controversial now because Satan wants it to be denied. So it's going to be controversial. But the truth is, we serve a risen king. Amen. Jesus died on the cross, but he's alive and well. And if we surrender our hearts to him, then we shall have a resurrected life. But we must die to ourselves. He said, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. <laughs> And follow me every day. That means that Christianity means we no longer live for ourselves. We tell our own will too bad, too sad. We tell our own fears too bad, too sad. We tell our doubts too bad, too sad. We are going to believe on Christ. We are going to trust him. We are not going to try to figure out our lives on our own understanding, but we're going to do what Jesus says to do, and we're going to do it yesterday. Amen? We're going to do it now. Stop the sin. Stop the compromise. Stop whatever, every, you know, oh, you know, just a little bit more, and then I'll give, no, now. Christianity doesn't work unless we surrender all. All. Time, energy, money, life. It's relationship, not religion. Christ is risen from the dead. Oh my. He who believes in me, though he... What does he say? He said, he who believes in me shall never die. 
shall never die. These tents, they perish. I'm more afraid of this tent than I am dying. This is a body of death, you know. Oh, I'm hurt here, I'm hurt here. Oh, oh. rapture me or make it quick. <laughs> I'm afraid of this body, but I ain't afraid of, of dying because I know I don't die. I get a new body, and who doesn't want a new body? Many people work hard for new bodies. <laughs> Injections and... I'm teasing. Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. Paul said, look, I, I, he, Paul, interesting thing about Paul, when his name was Saul, he, he thought the right thing before God for him to do was to destroy Christianity. Isn't that crazy? Like he, he thought he was doing God a favor by destroying Christianity. He thought that it was a sect, that it was, it was um, blasphemous and not right. But that's what he felt as a man that he needed to do to be right with God. And I think there's a lot of people today who think that they have to do various things to be right with God that God does not call them to those things. God just says, believe on him whom I sent. Believe on Jesus and you shall be saved. It's by faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's just by faith. You don't have to work for it. He did all the work on the cross. But if you receive that love and that forgiveness and accept them as your Lord, then in response to that, you want to do works because you love them. What else are we going to do? Let's serve them, right? Let's serve them. And so he persecuted the church. This is crazy. You know, he, 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 he shut many saints up in prison. He had authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. I mean, people were killed. You know the story when Stephen, the first martyr, was killed, he held the coats of those who stoned him. Paul was guilty of incredible wickedness and evil. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blasphemy. Blaspheme. Can you imagine that? He compelled, he coerced, he forced them to deny the Lord, to blaspheme. Can you imagine that? You ever see that that's who Paul was before he came to know Christ? Wow. And I punished them often. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Paul was, was, was a wicked, self-righteous man. And he boasted in his uh, ability to keep the law according to their own standards, right? Because no one can keep the law, but the Lord himself did. But Paul thought, man, I'm a, I'm a law keeper. They are lawbreakers. I'm a law keeper. 
and he was self-righteous and wicked. Society will look at the person who has done great wickedness that's obvious to the world. Criminals, thieves, and gangsters, and murderers, and killers, and thieves. And, and, and their works are evident, are they not? And the Bible says some of them, their works are evident. But the Bible also said there's others whose, whose sins are not evident. But one day, it'll be brought to light. It's almost more dangerous to be self-righteous than it is to be like those guys out there. It is. I knew I was a bad guy. So uh, God was like, you know, didn't have to work too hard as far as convincing me that I was a bad guy. I knew I was a bad guy. Let's move on to the next portion of the gospel. I just didn't want Jesus to be my Lord. I wanted to live in my sin. But I knew I was a bad guy. There are people who don't think they're bad people. And they're in grave danger. The self-righteous, the good citizens, the, those are the ones that we really have to pray for. Because there's not one that is good. No, not one. And that's why the law comes in, right? Thou shalt not commit adultery. But Jesus said, I tell you, if you've ever lusted after a woman in your heart, you've committed adultery in your heart. So Jesus goes, okay, there's the outward of it, and then there's the inward. The inward, the inward. So there are some very good citizens today, very faithful and loyal family members. But hey, 30 years ago, did you ever have sex outside of marriage? Who's going to take care of that sin? Because it's still there in God's eyes. Who's going to take care of that one night stand 30 years ago? Oh, surely I've been good enough to earn some forgiveness from God. No. You can be celibate, holy as you think you are, but unless you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, that sin remains. And the punishment of that sin is death. The Bible says so. But God so loved the world, he gave his son. And he's the only way out. Amen? So that's the gospel. <laughs> Hope your Sunday morning is nice. <laughs> but look at, how, look at Paul's words. He said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, write it down and check it out later. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 through 16, he said, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, in whom I am chief. Paul saw himself, the self-righteous saw he considered himself to be chief of sinners. He said to himself, I am the least of the apostles because I persecuted the church. You know that Paul was used by God, like scripturally, biblically, the accounts that we have, Paul was used by God more than the other apostles. He went further, he did more, he got his behind kicked more. He, he, he was all over the map. Paul, more than them. And he says, but it was not me, but the grace of God. And I believe that God was able to use Paul so greatly in the kingdom is because Paul 
was truly broken over his past. God gives grace to the humble, but he, re- he, he resists the proud. He said it wasn't me. He goes, I did more. He goes, I'm the least. Even though I did more than the apostles, I'm the least of them because I persecuted the church. But it wasn't me. It was the grace of God through me. Paul was a man who was low to the ground. And yet God humbled them even more and gave them some eye condition that we don't know about or we're guessing about or we think. He had some sort of physical ailment to keep him even lower to the ground. But God, Paul's cool guy. But Jesus came for sinners, and so while thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and uh, commission from the chief priest, so they gave him money too, travel com- commission. And at, mid, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all fe- had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in, he- in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. He saw a light that was brighter than the sun. We know that in heaven there is no sun. For all you sunbathers. I hear there's no sea and I'm not happy about that. <laughs> so I like waves. But in Revelation 21, 22, 23 it says, But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light so jesus is so bright in heaven there's no need of flashlights anymore and i believe that that that's what blinded him for three days when you see the sun and i'm speaking about the big ball of flame in the sky when you see the lesser light Do you recall that your Jesus made that? And all that was made was made through him? And he loves you so much, he gave his life. And if he has the power to create those big light bulbs, he can take care of your need. You don't need to worry. You don't need to doubt. He is the power that the demons tremble at. He is the power that the nations will come and pay homage to. He is the power that every knee will bow and confess that he is God. So don't fear your employer. Don't fear what's going on. And he said, it's hard for you to kick against the golds. And the, you know, the, the golds, like, I'm, I'm a city boy, but it's like that, that prick that hits the ox, right? Gets them going. I guess cowboys, what do they do? They kick the horse, they spur the horse, they, whoops, I don't, April has to tell me. But yeah, it's, it's getting them to go. The Holy Spirit was pricking at Paul's heart. He must have saw something in the folks he was persecuting. The love of Christ. Their boldness, their, their faith. 
He knew there was something right about them and something wrong about what he was doing, how he was living. That's why Jesus, Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Which is a good word. What if we put that up in the foyer? Why are you persecuting me? When they come after the churches and try to tell them to shut them down and arrest pastors in Canada and all over the world. Are you kidding me? They're not doing that to, to the pastors and the churches. They're doing it to Jesus Christ. So I said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? With the capital L. I'm, not a who are you, friend. Not who are you, sir. Who are you, Lord? Like, I'm yours. I'm already, you're, this light already convinced him. He's just, you know, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me and so Jesus is letting them know like this is the mission I'm going to send you to preach that you might turn people from darkness to light from the power of Satan to the power of God the Bible teaches that the whole world until until now is under the sway of the devil don't get it mixed up. Don't think just because there are very good people in this world, according to man's standards, that they are not being deceived by the devil. It doesn't take a pentagram and, and, and crazy, you know, black outfits and horns and a cape and a pitchfork to say, ah, they're deceived by the devil. The whole world, unless they are given to faith in Jesus Christ, in somehow or in some way, they are being influenced by Satan and they don't even know it. You don't seem convinced. Let me give you the verses to... <laughs> okay, First John chapter 5, 19. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Colossians 1.13, He, that is God, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Those are serious verses, right? But they speak to how we ought to deal with this world. How do we save people? We've got to pray for them. That the, that the enemy, the strong man, is bound. Jesus said, you can't just walk into somebody's house and not, not bind the strong man first. You want to take the goods, bind the strong man. And once he's bound, you can go in there and take his goods. It's the same with people's souls that are lost, our family and friends. We pray for them that the, the devil would be bound so that they can see clearly and remove the blinders, the deception. And so the light bulb goes off and they accept Christ. We have to pray against the enemy.
because he's influencing the whole world. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. You are so good to save sinners like us. And Lord, we pray as all heads are bowed that if there's anyone here who may feel this morning that there's no way you would love them, I pray that they would know this morning that you do love them, no matter how grave their sin has been. Open the eyes of hearts this morning. Bind the strong man and free people from their sin this morning. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chairman, above.